Here's Gourlamic. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to Who Watches the Watchers Goes to the Movies. This That's is Kenny. Nice. My name is Ian. And this week we are doing Tenet. Yes, directed by the man himself, uh, Chris Col- Knowles. Colin Montemayor. I don't know. <laughs> Chris, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> um, and it's his latest movie. It came out 2020. Did it come out? Yeah, it yeah. technically came out 2020. And Nolan um, does COVID, you know. Yeah, but it's Christopher Nolan. Um, this is one of the movie, one of his movies that doesn't have Hans Zimmer mm-hmm. on the score. It has uh, the other fella, Jonas. No, is it that guy? Yes, Ludwig. I'm gonna let you say that. Yeah. Gorenson. I like that. Yeah. Ludwig. Ludwig Gorenson yeah. is the is the composer for the movie. Yeah. Yes, and I mean you can tell. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the score for this movie was pretty dope yeah I mean, i'm not I saying was... that hans isn't i'm just saying like you could tell it wasn't hans yeah it had its own feel from a traditional mm-hmm. christopher nolan film you know right. what i mean it definitely had its own kind of vibes i mean i think there was a little bit of like hans, hans there like, the yeah. big like Whoa. yeah yeah um but yeah i definitely think through the score alone it kind of had its own unique vibe to it so right um let me read the synopsis that yeah. is on for IMDb. anybody who doesn't know so armed with only one word Tenant and fighting for the survival of the entire world, a protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. So that's the that's the plot summary that was provided by Warner Bros. Nice. Um, I don't think that that says enough a fucking real word about this movie it's hard to like how are we going to explain this movie and not be like okay you know like, well okay so this is a world where we have a main character mm-hmm. who is unnamed he's played the protagonist by, played by john david washington mm-hmm. which right out the gate i will say does a stand-up job i love him in this movie mm-hmm. he does a great job um and he is he proves himself that he is willing to die for whatever organization he works for at the beginning of this mm-hmm. movie, which is damn near unexplainable. Yeah. The, thank you. Okay. See, <laughs> that's my issue with this movie. It doesn't do enough explaining. And, yeah. and, and, and it's like, it does so much time explaining the thing it needs to explain the hardest. It doesn't explain other shit that matters. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the beginning of this movie is, baffling in a way of yeah. just like it just throws what the you in fuck is it. going on right yeah. now you know like but um i mean yeah we see that he's willing to die for this organization but why the fuck did he get in that van in the first place like i just there's so many things about this movie i can break down and be like but why did that happen like why yeah. was that choice made it doesn't so the first scene of this movie is in russia we see them pretending to be swat yeah swat the actual swat is up to something because there's a terrorist organization that attacks mm-hmm. a, a symphony mm-hmm. and and you understand why no okay they're after that the one guy that so that's their side oh, right. they, they the understand that they're the, trying to get that one guy and so they right. go, but there's then a, like a man inside of like the the top seats yeah. yeah but they don't explain that i guess the guy sitting in that booth with him was with the terrorist and that's why he like pulls out a gun and like yeah. begins to kill it like i just, mean you're just supposed to imply you're just supposed to imply exactly you're just supposed to imply a lot you mm-hmm. know <laughs> but anyway so it, john Do- J- john david washington's yeah. character the protagonist they show up to stop this basically terrorist attack you but know? the swat also have ulterior motives because mm-hmm. they're planting explosives all along the Oh, they gassed the, the audience. Yeah, they gassed the entire audience <laughs> and then began setting bombs throughout all of them to wipe out any evidence. Right. Why? That's unimportant. Yeah. I feel like all of this is just opening to show that this guy, John David Washington, mm-hmm. uh, the protagonist, works in unbelievable like circumstances. And it's unexplainable. It doesn't need to be explained because it has no prevalence on the rest of the story. But that's except... also not true. Oh, is that right? <laughs> because, yeah, we learned that the thing that matters the most had everything to do with that opera house. 
in the end. Oh. You know, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but right. that's just it. Exactly. It, sh- it makes but, it appear that it's just getting to know our character and that it doesn't matter. But then they later on could be like, oh, but that event mattered. You know? Well, okay. So, I mean, regardless, <laughs> yeah. it proves that John Di- David Washington is willing to die because the Russians get him and they interrogate him, but he kills himself instead. Yeah. Instead of giving up any true... I guess, word of what's happening. Um, but in the opera house, we see the first interaction with the reverse inverted bullet, inverted yeah. technology. Um, and so we see a bullet come out of like the leg of, of a seat mm-hmm. and through a guy and back into a guy's gun. And then he runs away. <laughs> and I, the thing is like, well, I don't want to get into too much, but we never really get to see who that guy was or what he is. So I think that was kind yeah, of, yeah, we do. We that far in advance? We see it at the very end. So everything gets explained at the very end. Oh, then maybe cut this out. Then, okay. That's... It showed them go all the way back to that no, event. No, 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 no. It shows that he has the orange tag on his backpack. Oh, and, did it show at the beginning he had the orange tag yeah. on his backpack? In the opera house, that's uh, Robert okay. Pattinson. See, I assumed it was the protagonist. You know oh, I mean, I was convinced himself. he was saving himself in that oh. moment watching the beginning. So I didn't, I guess I didn't remember it having the, or- I guess we can keep this in. I just didn't remember he had the orange tag at the beginning yeah. of the movie. I definitely understood that link later on in the no, movie. Obviously, I, but- I, That was very clear at the first foremost that it wanted you to see that this strange backwards bullet man had an orange tag on his backpack. God, I guess I just completely missed that. <laughs> <laughs> and so he runs away and yeah, just okay. like, Okay, weird. And so that's what this movie very heavily needs you to ride along with is that you kind of just have to take it as it is and it will eventually unfold in a way that Christopher Nolan deems understandable. Yeah, as best as he (laughs) could figure this out to present to you. Okay, but that's that's the beginning of this movie Mm -hmm. is that the protagonist proves that he's worthy of joining... Tenant, yeah. which is an organization that works forwards and backwards without telling you that that's what they do. Yeah. And so he waits on like this buoy or whatever. Mm-hmm. What is it that, oh, it's the, the, the windmill in yeah. the ocean. He waits in there until they pick him up. And then that's when his journey first starts. It really starts. Yeah. The confusion I have the most with this movie is the art selling part. <laughs> oh, really? It, yeah, I mean, some of the the motivations for those characters were very confusing for me at, at first. But the whole portion where they have the forgery of the of uh-huh. the drawing, and Michael Caine gives it to yeah. um John, the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand any significance of that other than the oh man, there's, there's it was a, a way married... to, it was a way to blackmail her. Is right. what it is it, oh. because he knew she'd already sold a fake by that same oh. artist. It was a way to get in with this because exactly, okay. I was very confused so by Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah, Elizabeth Debicki's motivations throughout this movie were incredibly unclear Plays to me on Cat. Yeah, and yeah. why she instantly seems to fall in love with the protagonist from like the moment you they felt meet. That? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I didn't. I don't think I ever. I don't think I. Did they have any romantic? And I feel like there was like some semi-romantic implications between them, and why he's so motivated to like protect her. You know what I mean? That's just. uh, I think that's just Christopher Nolan's portrayal of any man and woman in. That's that's probably true, but you know, like I don't know. They just have this weirdly powerful bond. If anything, that just instantly seems to be between them. But yeah, but let's talk about it. We're just like (laughs) dancing around it. It's fine. We're gonna dance around it a little bit. Cat. We're only eight minutes in. Yes, this movie is. A lot. And I don't want y'all to think I didn't like this movie. You know, I just, it's one of those things where it tries so hard. It has this great, unique concept to it, but it tries so hard to to explain it so mm-hmm. much throughout the movie. It, it kind of falls short on explaining other little details that matter and would make the whole thing feel just more... Uh, cohesive? Cohesive, yeah. Um, okay, so Kat is a fine arts dealer. Yeah, she's an arts dealer. And she's dealt, you, uh, this is news to me because I didn't, I couldn't understand this fucking worth of shit. What? Is that she deals like forgeries? I think she just dealt a forgery. No, they say three. Oh, really? And so okay. I guess one of them is the one that um, she Michael Caine has. Husband. Oh, okay. That's also Oh, one. she sold one to her husband. That's what he's blackmailing her with is like a $9 million forgery she oh. sold because that's how he like keeps her around is that he owns oh. this proof that she's a shitty art dealer <laughs> oh 
See, I didn't get. And any it's the of that. same. They basically hint at that the the one he uses to like get in with her mm. is was forged by the same guy who made the one she sold Michael to her Caine. husband. Well, she mm. sold to her husband. Oh, okay, those right. two are the same. The one from Michael Caine and the one she sold to her husband were from the same guy who she had an intimate relationship with and uh, has thus been murdered by her husband for those reasons because she gives the whole spiel like if you had actually talked to him you know he can't talk on a phone anymore mm-hmm. or meet you in person you know like yeah okay so we've been able to explain away two things that to each confused, other that yeah, confused, confused each other which I, is great because i think that's what this movie does everybody kind of gets something mm-hmm. a little bit understands a little bit something different from it okay regardless that all of that I don't think needs to. No, that's <laughs> needs to be in this movie. No, exactly. The, <laughs> exactly, you're right. A hundred percent. God damn it. Okay, so Tenet is a secret organization mm-hmm. that works with inverted molecules, mm-hmm. and specifically, they love it when it's in a bullet. They love to invert guns yeah bullets weapons apparently is the big thing well it kind of makes sense that there'd be a shit ton of bullets out there especially Mm -hmm. you know once we see how much kind of inverted warfare even goes on in the story that those bullets would just be kind of tracked that was my favorite thing about this i love the idea that these things are moving backwards in time Mm -hmm. so after a while they would just start trickling into our time period you know what i mean like more and more these little debris would come back because they're just organically moving backwards you know what i mean so i liked that idea that obviously the more time goes on the more shit's just going to keep spilling backwards in time there's a part where they mentioned that the the turnstiles that that turn you Mm -hmm. inverted that they haven't been like invented until centuries from now or something like that and to me that that's that's fucking bonkers Mm -hmm. like how the fuck like This movie's bonkers. And so this is something that I wanted to talk about was this movie would never exist unless it was for Christopher Nolan. (laughs) True, true. It wouldn't exist unless Christopher Nolan had struck gold with The Dark Knight. This movie would never exist. This movie is a ginormous, like, spectacle that makes, that, that really bends reality in a way that is forbidden almost feeling you know what i mean and it's this this unreal like surreal thing that no one else could do yeah no one else could have pulled this off no one else no one else would pull this off (laughs) unless unless it was christopher nolan you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and so at least in this style because i feel like i could have seen this idea brought to fruition like the idea of like backwards moving Uh shit but in a more like comic booky or like right action-y you know like epic kind of way versus this which was meant to be so grounded in realism you know and Mm -hmm. like trying to really make the concept like factual you know but to get (laughs) to get back into it there's inverted molecules and they work with bullets and so the reason he's sent on his mission though is because debris of like a blatant war is starting to come back like like tanks and like bigger weaponry and like bombs and like debris from that that has been inverted is starting to fall back essentially showing that there's some that they're trying to attack the past yeah and that has happened or is going to happen yeah oh interesting See, the, the, this is you're explaining things that I had issues with this movie where mm-hmm. I'm like, this doesn't need to... No, she used the word degradus, and I loved it, and I looked it up. What does that up. mean? It means debris. It's oh. like future. It's like debris. And I, yeah, she was like, the degradus from the future. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I literally had to stop and look up the word because I thought it was such a cool sounding word, and it literally means like debris from like yeah. a battle or something. Um, but John David Washington's character is tasked with, I guess... What what is it that Kenneth Branagh's character has that he needs? He has. Where is this movie? What is this movie what is this movie even about? You know? <laughs> yeah. So he See, needs. Once again, this is where the motivations of like Kenneth Branagh, you know, of mm. um, Andre, Andre, and the wife kind of got a little confused Cat. for me. And I was glad that um, I was able to kind of I rewatched it that second time to get some of the more context for that. So essentially, what's going on in that is that they know that Andre Sator uh-huh. is the one responsible for that's where like the 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 arm right. the Indian yes. arms dealer I about her. see yes. she's like the one who leads them to Sator because she's like that's who I sold these bullets and they were fine when I sold them to him and mm-hmm. so he obviously did something to make them inverted so that's why Sator even becomes Priya that's her name Priya. I had to look it up thank you no I, I appreciate that because she's important Priya is yes. super important um, important <laughs> anyway um 
so you know that's why Sator becomes relevant because let's, we let's know. start over. So yeah. So what is it that that Priya sells to to Sator? What are you talking about? It's the bullets. She's and they're inverted when they're found. Yeah. Is that what what the so big... the protagonist takes the bullets, looks at the metal they're made from, finds realizes they're from oh, India. So right. that's why he goes to. Priya mm-hmm. first and then she gives him the information like oh I sold those bullets to this guy but they were totally normal when oh, I sold them to him so that's shit. how we find out that Sator is the one inverting stuff or at least yes. is involved in creating the inversions and we also find out that it's from it's happening from the town he's from in Russia that no longer exists Stalsk 12 you know? oh, yeah. we find out that these things are coming out of that area so it right. pretty much shows that he's and something the, the kingpin of the and that was all things. sent back to him from the beginning. It was like mm-hmm. in a uh, when he was like sixteen years old. Yeah, it was and, like perfectly in like a treasure chest. Well, we find out that that's how he communicates with the future. Oh, is that he right. he buries those time capsules and, and then, then almost immediately digs them back up again, and they have the stuff inside of them, you know. And so I thought that was kind of a cool concept that he right. literally essentially communicates with people the in the future and himself even in the future yeah. to an extent through that kind of technology or that kind of creativity and um, so what is what so, is sator's like end goal well i was gonna say the big that's where this movie also is really broken for me but the big second center half of this movie kind of has nothing to do with our overall goal because it's just the protagonist trying to get in close with sator mm-hmm. so that they can try to find the missing 241 that's what they call it that's what everybody's looking for the missing 241 it's plutonium right that is missing from stalks 12 and so that's what everybody we from our understanding is kind of trying to get after and we, right. that's where the opera house became relevant because we find out that the stall the 241 was in that opera house oh. during that siege and Holy so shit. that's what our understanding was what they were actually after and why they were trying to kill everybody to get rid of the evidence of this this plutonium that's not even supposed to exist. See, that's why I was like, but that does matter. The opera house ended up being... how did the plutonium end up in the opera house? Well, we find out that the plutonium isn't even actually plutonium in the end, and it's... (laughs) It's just the key part to that whole thing that he's trying to build that has oh, right, the, right, the right, code yes. in it, you know? So they keep calling it plutonium, but it's actually just the pieces to put together this bomb. Yeah, essentially. It's not even a bomb so much as it's a code that oh. he needs to, like, that's where the... I think it's a bomb. It's a bomb? I think, because later, Aaron Taylor Johnson's character calls it a bomb. A bomb. Okay, so then I guess it's just like a a, a bomb, or like, it's like a tiny, it's like an inverted bomb. I'm glad we're doing this, (laughs) because now we're like, helping each other understand this fucking movie. But okay, so, I mean, at the end of the day, Sator's end goal is to wipe out everything, and it's for incredibly personal reasons. He's like... I know, I understand that. Yeah, my wife doesn't love me anymore, Uh you know, so I'm just going to end all of time, because fuck it, right? Why would anybody help him do that? Why would that ball? They, they pay him. They he pays them, and I don't think they understand what's happening. Like, but that guy, the bald guy at the end, who's like fighting so aggressively. I to don't draw, think he, he understands. You don't think he understands that no. he's, he's basically helping kill himself? You know, like, <laughs> I don't think he understands that. I don't think Kenneth Branagh allows that because it's a big so revelation makes, at the end of the yeah. story that that's he's sick and he's dying, and no one knows that except for his wife, mm-hmm. Kat. And so I think that, oh God, this movie is like both a mess it's a masterpiece is what it is it's a mess and a masterpiece once again so much focus is put it on making the inverted technology Mm -hmm. a realistic concept that like personal motivations and things like that Mm -hmm. i feel like just kind of went out the window i think christopher nolan is a brilliant director because he he makes you give a shit about the characters you're seeing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and this movie doesn't do a good job of that. You know I what agree. I mean? Like, and it's crazy because this movie has the lack of of any real motivation behind any character. Cat it several times tries to just kill Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it's crazy that that's true. But at the same time, I feel like this is the first movie of of Christopher Nolan's where a character feels like they have a personality and that is the protagonist as ironic as that is because he actually says stuff in in ways that that you know isn't all just like perfect like just stoicism you know no, what i mean true. Yeah. like he'll be like oh you know like he see, he has an attitude he yeah. has a personality and it's insane because He's his quippy. character hmm? yeah his character doesn't even have a fucking name and th- he also has like no true motivation other than just oh tenant wants you to do this thing mm-hmm. 
and he knows that it will end the world, but not only in, not until the very end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Oh God. Okay. How did you feel about him not having a name? That's something I'm a little curious about. Like, like, did you oh, like the idea fine. that he's just like an unnamed yeah. James Bond, essentially of a character, basically? I think it was fine. I think where it lost me was when everyone insisted on calling the him the protagonist including himself yes and when everyone they started calling the unnamed guards the antagonists (laughs) that's when i was like oh this is getting ridiculous yeah but at the same time like who where else can we see a movie that does something like this you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's my big argument with this movie is no matter how much of it i didn't understand i understood a good portion to the point where i was like this is very intriguing yeah you know what i mean thought-provoking for sure yes um but there the whole middle section of this movie is a lot of him finally truly understanding what it really means to go backwards you know what i mean because he doesn't trust that what he sees is really what's going to happen when he starts moving backwards Mm -hmm. and there's the whole car scene where there's a third car suddenly involved that's moving backwards and we we he doesn't understand what's happening and he so he tries to toss like the the plutonium in quotes mm-hmm. over to Andre but also like give him like the sleight of hand movement yeah. you know what i mean that whole section i still don't truly understand cuz obviously we see his wife uh, we see Andre's wife cat get shot by mm-hmm. Andre and she's in quotes dying and that's when Aaron Taylor Johnson shows up and we realize oh there's a whole group of tenant that's like actually working all of this at the same time yeah. and then there's the turnstiles which we had seen one previous Dude, Aaron time Taylor johnson looked badass by the way he, <laughs> he looks so, fucking sick <laughs> yeah. he looks dope in this movie um the turnstiles i thought were fucking dope i thought that was a great reflection of how that kind of technology would probably look mm-hmm. and that it would have to be like these two rooms like that you know yeah. what i mean like that how else would it make sense then there would have to be an inverted entire room with yeah. that turnstile and then a normal room i thought that was the only way that could have made sense. So I was like, smart. But I think it's pretty brilliant that right in the middle of this movie is where it kind of ramps up the climax. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, this is technically the end point of the movie chronologically. Yeah. Because now we're going to go backwards. We're going to go back before this movie started. You know what I mean? Um, But let's talk about the art heist. The art, oh, the art heist. I was like, the art heist. Oh, the art heist. I, okay, well, one, I love the guy, the fact that the guy from yesterday is in this movie. (laughs) I I pointed him out to Ashley. I was like, that's the guy from yesterday. I wanted him to sing so bad while he was (laughs) flying the plane. Um, But, and I actually thought that for what that plot was, Mm -hmm. it was kind of clever and like entertainingly. I thought that that executed. was the movie. I thought that this was like, oh, this is the movie. They're going to break into this this oh, like, art. locker, <laughs> this art locker, and like, no, this is just twenty minutes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that it was just going to be chronically like looping back to this point, mm-hmm. which I mean they do, but not specifically for what this is, and that it's basically they need to get in there to get the plutonium once again. Quotes because there's nine pieces of this bomb, yeah, and they have to get one of the pieces that's left in this this highly guarded area Mm -hmm. and there's a toxin that that they release whenever there's a fire because they can't damage the art with water and the toxin is supposed to like it it knocks you out as a human but it's supposed to put out fires yeah it would i mean it actually would probably kill you if you'd have been exposed like how they were that's why the guy like sprinted out of the room and then came back with like an you know like medics like oh my god help him now (laughs) like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) but they make the joke like oh you get well at least you give them 10 seconds to get out of the room and he's like well their valuables are more important than their lives is essentially what that guy hints at you know (laughs) Now we're we're kind of jumping around like Tenet does. Dude, we're, we're, hell yeah. Let's talk about when uh, the protagonist first meets uh, Robert Pattinson's character. Mm-hmm. That's true. We never even talked about old Patton. What's his name in the movie? His name is, it's Neil, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Neil. It yeah. just says Neil. Okay. And so when he meets Neil, it's because Neil is... I guess the idea the movie first gives you about Neil is, is he's that, the way he can get to Priya. He, right. He's like a master, like, heistman. Mm-hmm. And so they do, like, a reverse bungee jumping. Up. I love that shit, too. Dude, it was so dope. I thought they were going to use, like, inverted 
bungee cords or something. Oh. I thought that we were just going to dive right into the inverted technology in that moment. And it was going to be like something that like reversed, you know, like pulled you the yeah. opposite direction. And I was like, this is going to be so. And so when they just used something like that, I was like, that was still cool. But I thought we were going to like <laughs> get some of the inverted shit in that moment, you know? Yeah. But so they use reverse like j- bungee jumping mm-hmm. where they like crank it back to the point where it pulls them up. And upon them j- going up, it looked dope. And that's when he first meets Priya and learns about all of the... um the inverted bullets mm-hmm. and, and where she sold them to originally. Um, and from there we learned about plutonium and, and that it's in the art locker. Yeah. And that all this nonsense is going on. Um, but Neil is a very cool character mm-hmm. in my opinion, because he comes off as like not knowing anything. And we learn later that he knows plenty mm-hmm. of everything. You know what I mean? Well, he, it, the, he seems more aloof, but he does know a lot because remember right. our first experience, he orders our, the protagonist a diet Coke. And that means he <laughs> knows that he doesn't drink on the job. Yeah. So he's like very informed, but yeah, it seems kind of like aloof to the, the big picture. You right. know what I mean? Very he's much he's so. playing a lot of parts yeah. in this movie. And, um, and I, I, I'm a big Robert Pattinson uh, fan. I'm not going to lie. You know, like I think that guy can take on just about any role and like, make it his own and and be a unique version of it. You know what I mean? I agree. And I thought this was a, I liked this kind of like, I liked the fact that he went from being like sometimes very like put together and like mm-hmm. debonair in this movie to just like the very like, disheveled. you know, disheveled as, you know, sweaty with his hair down, kind of look very, very back and forth in, yeah. in a way that I, it made his character feel like someone who's playing a role mm-hmm. a lot of the time, you know, that it is like this heistman who's always kind of like, acting as a character and not so much himself you know right it's like an amazing like actor with an actor kind of thing that robert Pattinson managed to pull off and i felt it you know yeah. i think him and the protagonist the actor what's his name uh john david washington john david washington thank you carry this movie you know oh god heavily, you know? their interaction with each other the they're both playing these characters that somehow know each other but also don't at the same time mm-hmm. and they play off of each other so well i love their relationship in this movie and i love their um, on screen presence mm-hmm. in this movie, it's it's so good, and the rapport is definitely yes. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's talk about the first time we see the turnstiles in the art installation, uh-huh. which is I want to say right away, crazy that they have it there. Oh, that it's just like casually there in one of these free ports, yeah, in yeah. an airport there. <laughs> so true. How? How? Who? I think that's the point. Is that it? Like was... stuff like this is just showing up. Well, no, it. That's how. Okay. Sator got it into the country was oh. through a free was through that free port. You know what I mean? Because oh, they explain okay. that those free ports are a way to move shit from country to country without right. it being inspected. You know, so I think yeah. it's explaining that that free port is how he even got it out of Russia and into the United States. That know? makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll finish talking about uh, tenant tenant. guys welcome back to tenant talk here we are this is a new spinoff where we just it's called tenant talk yeah. and we just talk about tenant every week and while ian talks forward i talk invertedly so i'll just be like, <laughs> you just gotta understand it yeah much like uh tenet. you have to understand this movie <laughs> um but we were talking about the first time we saw the turnstile at mm-hmm. the freeport um and it's we see Robert Pattinson dealing with a forward moving man mm-hmm. while John David Washington is dealing with the backwards moving man. And I thought there's a part where John David Washington goes back to Priya and talks about how he inter, inter they interact yeah. with two men, one going forward, one going backwards. And she apparently said, Oh, it might have, it was probably the one, it was probably just the same one guy. Dude. Yeah. And I didn't get that at all. Oh, really? I managed to miss that somehow. So Ashley had to be the one that was like, Oh, I, Priya said that there was like, it was just probably one guy. Well, see, and like when I first experienced that scene, I thought, 
I mean, I was kind of like trying to be like, oh, I think I know what's going on in this movie uh-huh. the whole time. So when everything was going on, I was like, oh, the protagonist is fighting himself mm-hmm. and Robert Pattinson is chasing down himself. I was uh-huh. like, so when he pulled off the mask, I was con- I didn't connect that they were the same person until she explained that. I was like, oh, maybe that. That, yeah. I guess that kind of that's when I realized like oh they're meant to be the same room they're literally the same room right. on two different sides right. and that's why they have their own key carded doors yes you know so what's yeah, ridiculous I know it sounds silly but something that confused me about that part was why Robert Pattinson had to help the protagonist open his door do you remember that yeah he was like do you need help and he's like actually yes and he leans over and like puts the code in for him I was like why did that have to happen? I don't know. There's just like little things that I feel like that had to have had a yeah. relevance that I didn't understand. You know, I know he broke his lockpick, but that still didn't explain that. that moment. Still didn't so there's like, sense, there's like yeah. little, there's like little nuances. I feel like I still need to go back and try yeah. to understand this movie for sure. No matter how much I think I understand yeah. some concepts of it. I know there's things that were probably missing, you know, once we saw, once we had the introduction of, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson's mm-hmm. character, I thought he was the guy that was back there. And I thought, because, okay, they, the bullets are inverted in Uh that scene. And so that means John David Washington was firing those bullets at himself. Yeah. When he's in the black Why would he do that? Yeah. Why would he do that? So I had the idea, or I thought that it was Aaron Taylor Johnson, and I thought he was with Neil, and they were like somehow plotting against the protagonist. Oh, in so some this point, you kind of thought that Neil was potentially a bad guy. Yes. Yeah. I thought for sure, actually. Um, they did a good job of making you not totally know how to feel about him at certain mm-hmm. times, you know, because he was kind of like, yeah, exactly. You knew he knew more than he was leading on essentially the whole movie, right. you know? How did you feel about this scene later when um, uh, the protagonist finally gets to meet Kenneth Branagh's character, mm-hmm. Sador, um, and they're at. What is it? Um, like a di- a dinner, and he goes and sits next to him, and he's like, uh, "My guys are gonna cut your throat and then cut your balls off, and put your balls in your throat, and you're gonna have to choke on your balls while you're trying to." That's where we. I think I can agree with that. Kenneth Branagh's the protagonist. is very <laughs> like the way he handles these situations is yeah. very different than your traditional character would. You know, what yeah. I mean? in the very casual way, he'd be like, "Well, that doesn't sound like fun." You know, like it's <laughs> like, a lot. That's a lot of work. <laughs> I can't imagine any other character in any mm-hmm. other Christopher Nolan movie <laughs> reacting that way to that scene. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but it, it works. <laughs> it works, and I think Jonathan or John David washington pulls it off so mm-hmm. fucking well in this movie and after the scene in the restaurant where we basically watch him get to kick everyone's ass you know and i really like the how that ends where the guy's mm-hmm. like forcing the wife to watch and then he, as he walks out he's like oh shit and has to like drive away and yeah. we're like oh fuck i'm fucking up right now um, <laughs> i thought that was so funny but that scene does such a good job of giving you the respect of like oh okay he's definitely someone to be you know Reckon he's like with. a formidable opponent for yeah, sure yeah. yeah and so by that time we're kind of like we understand that casualness of like he can handle himself in this situation. He's probably yeah. not truly worried at all, you know? God, that scene was so good when they're in the restaurant and mm-hmm. he's in the kitchen beating up all the guys. Fuck, that's so good. Yeah, he uses a cheese grater on a guy's <laughs> hand and face. Yeah. I was like, ah, <laughs> It's fucked up. And it's like that perfect level of gruesome violence but it you know it not doesn't some, literally show it exactly like, it and shows him just do enough. the movement on his face but it doesn't show his face afterwards yeah. same thing with all of his teeth being pulled they do such a good mm-hmm. job of inferring that at the beginning of the movie where i was like yeah but they it, never show anything that's totally you know like yeah, they say like we rebuilt your jaw <laughs> yeah and they're like we had to rebuild your mouth yeah because he's like they pull all your fucking teeth god damn <laughs> scary that, stuff man yeah Russians. Um, Russians, dude. Um, <laughs> when we start moving backwards, mm-hmm. after Aaron Taylor Johnson shows up and mm-hmm. all of Tenet is fully revealed to the protagonist, yeah. we I thought that that was such a brilliant way to show time travel in this movie, mm-hmm. is that you just move backwards. You like literally move backwards until you find another turnstile, go into forward time, and then you're back. And I like the idea that you have to be careful to not go too far back to the point that there isn't a turnstile that can reverse you. And then you're just stuck going backwards forever. You know, that's like a kind of a crazy, scary concept if you think about it, you know. Um, And I liked that they really gave the rules of like how the inverted world would be different. You know, like Mm -hmm. that, you know, the molecules friction is going to be different. Yeah. yeah. Like you have to wear a mask because exactly the air isn't going to be trying to exit your lungs versus come into it. You know, I thought like those little ideas were it's like he really sat down and was like, okay, how is this going to how is this going to be? I need to think about every single 
concept of how this would work you know and yeah. so i really and they, like can you imagine how fucking hard it'd be to drive a car where the wind pressure is yeah. coming from the back you know yeah. um so i just liked those ideas and then it was reflected beautifully cinematically you i know? think so yeah um and those are some of the scenes to really go back and watch especially um because you'll be able to see a lot of the scenes that we got to see in both inverted and um normal you know we got to see them going both directions there's like little nuances you can see where like oh that was that was them you know if we go watch that scene that was them and we just didn't realize seeing it from this point of view you know yeah but they end up traveling with i guess like a a tent or something where they're all enclosed Mm -hmm. him uh neil and cat Mm -hmm. who has the bullet injury i didn't understand her healing process did she need to reverse through time in order to yeah they recover said something from about the bullet? inverted yeah inverted molecules had oh. like essentially infected her body from being oh. shot by a bullet so it's like it's almost like it's like i don't want to say de-aging you know but it's yeah. like because of the inverted yeah molecules that have been she's been exposed to it's like killing her yeah, yeah. slowly and like inevitably but to go backwards i guess it's like the wound is moving backwards in time. Yeah. So it needs to be put, you know, or it needs to be brought reversed in order to heal appropriately, I guess, you know, <laughs> there's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to have to try to understand. Cause there's another piece kind of like that where the protagonist, when he's coming back to the Freeport, oh, has yeah. the, he has a stab wound on his arm because he was stabbed by himself with the broken, like lock picking yeah. tool. And I, I, I have to sit there and wonder like when, when would he have had that wound again? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or when did he have it then? You know what I mean? So, like, if you stab yourself from the future, but you're moving backwards, do you now get that you wound? Or is it The when, wound just magically appears? Or yeah. is it when you go through the turnstile? Or is it as mm-hmm. you're coming closer to that that's Apex what it made it seem like in is time? that in yeah. the event as he got closer to the event it, time almost realized like oh wait there should be a cut on his arm right now right. you know and like it just like so manifested yeah you have to ask the question like when do those bullet shots show up there is it whenever you're coming closer to that point in time do yeah. they just appear there because time knows to let it have happen there you yeah. know what i mean like the bullets in the glass that when they first right. walk up and they're already in the glass how long have those been there exactly. yeah i mean is the real question that's i mean that's the one thing where this the rules of this all gets a little like you just got to take it for what it is exactly <laughs> exactly yeah um uh but this it, it will it's like to go into that a little bit more the first time we really see the inverted technologies when they're like using that glove to like pick up that bullet and she's right. like, well no matter which way you play the video you affected the bullet and i'm like you had to have dropped it yeah but i'm like okay if it, if something's moving backwards in time it wouldn't matter Right. It would just be flying through the air at times. It would because just it go would, up to where it was yeah. in time. It would be sitting in the air, you know, where the bullet, the gun should be. Yeah. yeah. Like, it wouldn't, I mean, it doesn't make sense that it would, like, wait for, like, prompts to, you know what I mean? So, that was where I was like, it doesn't totally work. It's not. I a- wish they would. It, I thought when they had that glove on and they were doing that, it meant you had to have some other form of technology to create oh. the inversion. And I was like, or that- to allow time to react to the item. Exactly. And I was like, that makes sense. Yes. I was like, that makes so much sense. Because then they could have all been in suits this you whole time. Just had a glove on. She'd be like, so you need to wear these gloves all the time, mm-hmm. and then that's how you invert shit. You know what I mean? And I was like, that would have been so logical. So when that wasn't a thing, the rest of the movie, I was like, ah, oh, damn it! I thought that 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 made it make sense to me. Yeah. You know? I agree. So that would have been a little tweak I think Christopher Nolan could have done. In my opinion, that would have made the whole technology work more. Because there's like the parts where he's fighting himself, where mm-hmm. they're just like kicking the gun around and stuff. And I'm like, but if the gun's inverted, wouldn't it, it be like... It couldn't go forward. For, yeah. How are they affecting it forward in time? Yeah. You know, how would he be able to shoot himself in the arm with an, an inverted bullet? How does that work? You know, like... Yeah. It, it, so... Yeah, no... Yes, yeah. it's a good. It is a good movie, and I think you're totally right that Christopher Nolan is the only motherfucker who could have pulled this off. Yeah, and it and it be this makes sensical. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this sensical. <laughs> I love that word. Makes sense. This makes sensical, bro. <laughs> um, but we end up going to the end of the movie where mm-hmm. we finally realize Cat has revealed that Sater's uh, dying. Sater's dying, and if he can't have her. He doesn't want the world to exist. It makes me laugh. We haven't even brought up the fact that they have a son together. And that's kind of her real motivation throughout the movie is that she just wants her her son. son And he has like some sort of over control over because of Mm -hmm. the blackmailing. Yeah, because of the blackmailing of the art. Because that's why that there's that scene where 
they don't even, that's where it drives me nuts. They make it seem like the protagonist destroyed the painting she sold, Sator, oh, but right. we never visually see that. So, but then when we, he reveals that he still owns it to her, he like brings it on like a dish to the plate. I was like, okay, well, it makes sense that it still exists, but why did, oh, I guess it actually does explain that because there's he, two. No, the protagonist explains that he told her that. It was oh. destroyed just to get that next level of close. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. it was he lied or manipulated her to get further in the situation. Right. Okay. Sorry, guys. I remember that. <laughs> they do explain that. It's a lot. It's a lot of thinking and putting pieces together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. So I'm sure there's been points throughout this podcast where someone listening is like, no, you idiot. That's not how it works. Fucking <laughs> dummies. <laughs> um, yeah. But we get to the end of the movie and Kenneth Branagh is there off of the coast of somewhere Vietnam. Oh, that is what it is. Their nine million dollar vacation, which is all spent upon the same yacht that he lives on Mm -hmm. regardless. So it's like whatever the fuck that means or matters. Um, And we find out that off the coast, just like a little bit inland is a war. Yeah. A whole battlefield going on. And so I have to ask the question. This is where this movie does not make a shred of sense to me. The whole ending? The whole ending. Me too, buddy. I mean, like, I understand the little pieces and Mm -hmm. I understand what's happening with the protagonist. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why there's a war and why some people are going backwards and some people need to go forward. Who are all these soldiers? They're all tenant. So all the red team and all the blue team. Well, I get art. Who are they fighting? Yeah. Is it, Sator has an army all of a sudden? Yeah. So the idea is probably that Sator has a future army, mm-hmm. but it never says that. Mm-hmm. And you almost never see them. You only ever see the blue and red team shooting at where m- maybe they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's it blows my mind mm-hmm. that this is happening. And it's there's a turnstile there too. Well, and they had like this incredibly intricate plan about like not coming through the top and like one right. team going through the bottom and like exactly there's one inverted team and one not inverted. And it's like, why does this plan need to be so complicated? Yeah. Who are they tricking? I where it's, it's almost like Christopher Nolan just wanted this big like backwards war mm-hmm. scene and he had this idea and then they just did it, but then there wasn't enough to like benefit the visuals of like why this exists and has to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> because it's just, it looks cool and it's cool, but it doesn't do anything. Mm-mm. And so I guess the idea is that there's a turnstile there mm-hmm. and that's necessary because Neil has to go backwards and forwards several times while Aaron Taylor Johnson and, and John David Washington, the the three name boys, yeah. <laughs> get to <laughs> <For> <laughs> get to run down there and stop Sater's like like big bald henchman. Yeah, because there's the once okay. Again, what is the big bald henchman even doing that they're trying to prevent? He's putting the last pieces of the bomb okay. of the nine different plutonium cube jumbled like Jenga pieces mm-hmm. into a time capsule. Okay. And it's, or, or he's pulling them from a time capsule. Yeah. And so that's how we're finally going to be able to see all of those pieces together is now that they've all been assembled in the future where Sador was and where he shot his wife, he can finally go back to the past where they were in Vietnam and get them all assembled. And then I guess, destroy all of time. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, you know what I mean? (laughs) But it's like, okay, but then, so he has a dead man switch on his arm, is the Mm -hmm. whole thing. Like, he's going to be the activation point, so why is it, (laughs) it's like, I don't know, there's like two big things they're trying to, they're like, don't let Seder die Mm -hmm. until we stop this from happening. Right. But I'm like, if if he dies before that happens... Wouldn't it like I think that guy's like putting the bomb together and going to drop it? It's like, just kill him before that happens. Yeah. I don't understand why they need to wait until they prevent him from, you know what I mean? That's yeah. where like that doesn't make any sense to me. They're basically like, well, there's a piece we're obviously missing. missing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause you're right. There's a, like the confusing part where, you know, it's, it turns out it's him going backwards in the car and they mm-hmm. throw the whole, I guess that we were supposed to understand the last piece was just in that car. Yeah, the whole time because well, he told him that it was in the the glove compartment or something yeah. like that. And so he goes in there and it's not in that car or whatever and so they they I don't know. What I'm saying like the the greenish car that he like right. drives in and ends up flipping, it's just in the back seat of that car the yeah. whole time is what it turns out. I and think he like, gets it and then he leaves him for dead in quotes or <laughs> something like that, but he's he just puts his mask back on and gets out. I don't I yeah. don't know. See exactly that was all just and whatever, we, I think whatever we need to happens, it, yeah. yeah, whatever happens is all the pieces are finally in Vietnam, mm-hmm. right there at the end, and that 
Seder has a dead man switch on his arm. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I liked that concept that he was constantly checking his blood pressure throughout the movie. And mm-hmm. I, then when it turned out that there was a, it was also a dead man switch keeping track of his heart, I was like, that's a cool kind of like idea that he, yeah. it wasn't just him giving a shit about his cardiac health. I also thought it would have been smarter for them to give him like heart cancer, you know, like, yeah. instead of like pancreatic cancer. But it's also something that's inoperable. Inoperable, yeah. I think, was the point right. of that, you know? Um, um, but this, it ends with the idea that Neil was on his last mission, mm-hmm. helping his, like, his leader, his predecessor, his, uh, uh, what's the right, like his, his mentor. mentor. Yeah. yeah. Helping his mentor on his first mission. And in all, all in all, I think that that is the part that I can like latch on to get the back most. the most yeah. yeah no i mean if this movie had any emotional pull for me or like mm-hmm. there was a moment i was like fuck it was definitely that final moment with neil where you realize that he's obviously the sacrificial lamb you know right. in this whole storyline and that we've gotten it it's a that's a cool idea that his death is at the end and beginning of this story in a weird way you know yeah. what i mean like it's just so universal and that's where this idea works you yeah. know like a hundred percent because yeah we find out that Apparently, John David Washington's character goes on to create Tenet Mm -hmm. and make sure that all of this happens and trains all these people to make sure that this all accordingly happens Mm -hmm. um, in the past as he progresses through the future, which is a brilliant idea, but at the same time, fucking bananas. (laughs) Like just, it's like a very you're your own grandpa yeah. kind of thing. I mean, at the end of the day, it yes, really is. Yeah. I just like the way he said that. Yeah. <laughs> you're your own grandpa. You're your own grandpa. Deep down, we are all our own grandpas. <laughs> Would you bang your grandma? Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If it meant you had, you know, like that was the only way you would exist, <laughs> you know, like then I must have because exactly. I'm here. <laughs> that's that's the paradox. Yeah, the, paradox um, the grandpa father paradox which is a big concept of this yes, movie yeah what do you think about that let's actually talk about that just a little bit i'm okay, curious yeah do you because those are the two conflicting opinions on the grandfather paradox which is that we could destroy the past but because of like a multiverse kind of theory us as the future then continue going on because right. that's their idea is mm-hmm. that the past destroyed the world so if we destroy the past we save the world that's the idea of the people in the future oh, you know that's okay, why that they're makes trying, sense they're, they're like they're hinging on the multiple paradox they're or the like multiple we've destroyed per- this planet uh-huh. so if we destroy the past we stop ourselves from destroying the planet you know and then the planet that's literally their mentality in the future and i mean so, i guess we can't ever know if that's correct because we prevented it at the same time you know uh, what i mean and so exactly but so the other theory obviously being that if you destroy the past you destroy everything you know (laughs) i think i mean i can't say that either of them exist i Mm -hmm. i believe in the multiple um i think marvel has really opened my idea that multiverse would be a thing you know what i mean that a lot of events we do create probably like multiverse kind of effects i have to believe there's other versions of me out there that have done other decisions and made other decisions you know yeah no for sure um i think I think when it comes to this movie, this movie both bends the idea of um, allowing you to believe that time only is affected at that that moment versus while also explaining that all of everything that has happened will happen because it did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like and, it's inevitable. Exactly. You know, the and, so, and so it has to play on both of those ideas at the same time in order for this movie to comprehensibly make mm-hmm. sense i like that it plays with the idea of time travel but still basically pushes the message across that time is inevitable what happens mm-hmm. happens whether it's going forward or right. backwards it's already occurred you know it's it's a right. river flowing there's nothing we can do to affect it yeah you know? and that's yeah that's what the whole middle portion mm-hmm. of this movie is about where john david washington makes mistakes during the the first heist yeah. the first car ride and that he has to then realize like oh it has to happen regardless during the second car ride um yeah i mean crazy movie mm-hmm. um wh- is this do you want christopher nolan to get crazier do you want him to lose <laughs> crazier do you want him to lose his mind even further or or do you wish that he could come back to something a little bit more grounded because no, i mean i hope he always keeps these big ideas i mean because yeah. none of his ideas are already even say are grounded you know what i mean i just think he tries to make them as it's, real as which possible, is ironic you know? because the the ideas behind 
Inception and mm-hmm. Interstellar are theories mm-hmm. or or even on top of that fantasies when yeah. it comes to Inception. But then when he was tasked to do the Batman trilogy, he wanted to do something as grounded as possible, mm-hmm. which is so antithetical to what he ends up doing with the, the rest of his time. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I like dog's I, having a nightmare. Oh, oh, really? Oh, no. Okay. But no, I mean, that's so true. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, the, you know, the, obviously the Dark Knight movies are meant to be like the grounded, gritty, you know, if Batman was real kind of concept. But mm-hmm. I think that's like very Christopher Nolan in the sense that he takes an idea as vibrant as uh-huh. Batman true. or as intergalactic travel or yeah. as reverse time travel, you know what I mean? And then tries to be like, okay, but how would this work? really you know what i mean and let's put this to a dope ass score some really great cinematics and we're just gonna put it out there and i don't yeah. give a shit if people understand what the fuck i'm trying to say you know and yeah. we do you know um have you seen dunkirk yeah you have i mm-hmm. haven't seen dunkirk and dunkirk's kind of the same thing it's, it's not it's a, another play on time where one story happens over like a day and another one over a week and another over a month right yeah it, well it's like one of them is like it takes place over like two hours. Oh, okay, one of them yeah. is like a very short amount of time for this one character yeah. versus, yeah, one that takes, you know, a couple of weeks. You know, we see several weeks of his life. But yeah, and they're layered to be kind of happening simultaneously at the same time. Was I mean, it was it hard to parse? That's definitely, a, I mean, it's just like any Christopher Nolan. I think they all deserve, they're all two watchers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you get what you get from the first time and then the second watch, you're like, you get the nuances a lot right. more, you know what I mean? Because that's one thing I loved from Tenant was the whole scene where they went back to the the bank heist, mm-hmm. you know, and we got to see them running in with the injured cat, you know, and all yeah. that. That's where I was really talking about the you pay attention to that scene and you'll see the ambulance they leave in driving away. Yeah. You'll see them running backwards yeah. from their, you know, from the the car with her body, you know, mm-hmm. at both scenes angles we see that scene from the it the, the nuances are perfectly placed to be like yeah. there they are that's them going the opposite yeah. direction right there you know and i love that and i think that's so christopher nolan to take the time to worry about those little details you yeah. know what i mean and making sure everything has those continuity so that no matter how much you can pick apart the concept you can't pick apart the presentation of it right you know? <laughs> right yeah well good job good job cn you know? yeah um, i mean i can only uh, it's just you know Christopher Nolan is himself and he's the Truly. only one that can do this shit and I mean in this manner mm-hmm. like because you were saying earlier like someone could have gotten the script and let's say it was Michael Bay it would have been like this crazy action thriller <laughs> with Nicolas Cage in the, in the driver's seat and it would have been it would have been the same idea but it wouldn't have had this kind of delicacy that, that Christopher Nolan could have there would have been at least 200 more backwards explosions <laughs> <laughs> he would have put like he would have knew that something was going to explode in reverse time and then put it in like someone's hands in like real time or something you know there yeah, been, exactly and they were like exploded his chest open or some shit god damn it i can only imagine um but no i do hope that christopher nolan keeps like these big ideas but the concept of keeping them like as grounded or realistic as what's, possible what's a crazy idea that you would want to see christopher nolan tackle barrier <laughs> can you imagine no. um no i don't know that's a good question i think he's done kind of done the big ones right now which is intergalactic travel yeah time travel um i mean the mindscape the with... mind yeah dreams yeah the dreamscape really yeah. yeah so i mean he's really it's gonna be interesting to see what he thinks he can come up with next you know yeah i can only you? i can't i can't fathom what what direction he's gonna go in he's gotta do aliens yeah I mean, he or ghosts. He has to do something like you were saying at the beginning of this episode with, with a little bit more grounded when it comes to the characters, at least something you know, more personable for the characters to for us to grasp onto when it comes to them as like real motives mm-hmm. that these characters could actually have. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's where he's losing himself a little bit. Is he's he wants to do these giant grand things and then forgets about what the characters want to yeah do. you know what i mean that these are people he's writing right <laughs> and not pieces in a you know yeah big puzzle all um, right well but that's tenant that's tenant guys what what do you give tenant out of five honestly i mean i it's a christopher nolan movie it's mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to not give you know anything lower so i'm actually going to give it a four. Oh, i know okay. I, I for what it is i love big think movies like this i think it's 
The, the only reason it's a big think movie, though, is because he, he refuses to tell you how to think about it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's not even that it's like makes you think a lot, but it like forces you to use your brain. It's mm-hmm. one of those movies you can't put on and like play on your phone while you watch, you know, and I can yeah. always appreciate those. I, but, I like something that forces you to be engaged. So. But I think going back onto Inception or, or, mm-hmm. or um, Interstellar, those are movies that once you fully understand what it's it's saying, mm-hmm. then you can just put it on your phone and let yeah. it play. You know what I mean? That's so Because you, then you're like, oh, yeah, this is the part where he goes into the fifth dimension. Whatever. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Oh, they're just incepting again. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's only like that now. That's true. You know what I mean? So, when it comes to, to like, having to crack it open, it's just you're going you're gonna to have to mine at it. Of, I unfortunately a, feel like it doesn't have the rewatchability of, like, Interstellar or Inception in a way. Too, yeah. You know what I mean? It I, I kind of agree with that. Because Interstellar is probably my number one Christopher Nolan movie. I agree with that. I think from start to finish, that movie's pretty brilliant you know i think the acting is fantastic i think the 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 epicness and scale of the movie was perfect you know yeah. like they didn't get too away from themselves you know yeah. uh, and so i love that movie and i i hope that you know i don't want to compare everything christopher Nolan ever does to it but i think i kind of always will because it's just like him doing exactly that taking this epic thing doing it as realistic as possible but like hitting the mark you know so when you think about christopher nolan movies do you factor in the batman movies yeah, definitely. I I have a bad habit of excluding them. Oh, really? Like uh, right at the bat. You don't feel some... like you almost uh, use them as like the the direct <laughs> comparison, or you feel like you put them in their own category put and put everything own... else yeah. of Christopher Nolan in its Cause own. Like, well, because if... I almost want to put Dunkirk in the more Batman category of exactly it doesn't have like so much of the epic elements. Right. You know, it's a much more realistic story, you know? I guess that's true, yeah, because like you see a more realistic Christopher Nolan, things mm-hmm. that on paper physically really happen, yeah. and then you see the more fantastical elements of Christopher Nolan like with the other three movies. Yeah. Um, or have you ever seen Memento? I've never mm-hmm. seen Memento. Remember, Memento's one I want to really do for this cast a little bit because... It, it just shows that even early on, Christopher Nolan was like, I want to do shit a little different than everybody. Yeah. And I want to like do it in a way that works, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think Memento is a fun film. You just got to be ready for what you're getting yourself into when you watch yeah. it, you know. But I, I don't know. If you've never seen it, I think it's something you would I think that's one of those movies that's already by. been endlessly tainted for me because I pretty much know exactly what it is what you're supposed to hinge on to mm-hmm. um but yeah i think interstellar is my favorite just because i like the his take on on outer space mm-hmm. as and robots you know what yeah, i mean <laughs> as as um incorrect as 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 it may be in a yeah. lot of ways i still really like the ideas it kind of drives me that nuts that people dig into like the factuality of movies like that sometimes because really? it's like i feel like christopher nolan did the best he could to be like okay how would these things work let's try to make these concepts as realistic he, as possible i think he did the opposite oh you think so i think he asked how does this work and then he was like what if it works like this oh really yeah i just feel like i mean like versus other things that do so little to explain things sometimes like the fact that he at least gives a shit enough to try to explain his worlds or mm. you know why how they work the way they do even if it's not real i can appreciate that about him you know what i mean versus, when it comes to interstellar i think that he he wanted to literally do his ideas and not that like oh this is a factual thing yeah that is really happening it's just this is what he wanted to happen you know what i mean and so i respect that it's his movie to mm-hmm. make so let that's it yeah know? he's not letting a bunch of other people put their hands in it you know it's i don't think something... that that like when when science fiction comes up it, i don't think it needs to be explained you know what i mean i don't think it needs to be rooted in like true science heavy science yeah, yeah that's where i think exactly like it can fall short is when you yeah. do too much trying to be like well this is the exact you know science yeah. behind it you know um but yeah you give it what did you say i said four yeah i'll give it i'll give tenet a 3.6 nice because i like it um i don't think it like my i think i'd give interstellar a four Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so yeah oh really that's where i'm at right because like i guess a five would be something i super like you know what i mean perfect (laughs) perfect movie um okay well next week we'll be talking about annihilation mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. in stone that, that is that is stone cold steve austin fuck yeah um yeah. <laughs> and then uh and then Who's yeah that? who we'll, directed that i actually want to look up over sorry i think it was the guy that did um ex machina no why can i not fucking spell
uh, Alex Garland. Screenplay and directed by Alex Garland, the guy that did Ex Machnia. Okay. And 28 Days Later. Yes. Cool. And he also did that show Devs on Hulu. Oh, cool. Okay. Yep. Devs. That, that. Oh, did you did you hear who's directing the, the latest Bond movie? No. It's Kerry Fukunaga, the guy that created the True Detective. Oh, hey, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah, no, I want to watch all of these Bond movies. I've never seen any of them. Oh, that's cool. That means it's probably going to be grittier. You know? Yeah. That's cool. Dope. Well, all right, guys. Well, next week, yeah, like you said, we're talking about Annihilation. So yep. we will uh, see you then or we will see you on another time. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Yes, no, 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 no,